This podcast is generously sponsored by the Pillar Network. The Pillar Network is a community of like-minded churches that are doctrinally aligned so that they can be missionally driven to plant and revitalize churches together. That doctrinal alignment comes around six DNA. They are committed to gospel proclamation, being Bible-based, to live expository preaching, to churches that are elder-led, confessionally baptistic, and kingdom-minded. Reach out to them today at thepillarnetwork.com, thepillarnetwork.com. Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com. Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast. I'm Nate Aiken. We have conversations on this podcast about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. And I have with me today one of my fellow Baptist 21 founders and Baptist 21 guys, Jed Coppinger. We're going to talk about prayer. Jed, good to good to hang out. Yeah, good to be with you. Glad you're on the podcast. We don't get you on here enough. Uh, thankful for this new book that you've, you've written. And certainly it's on a topic that's vitally important in the life of, of Christians. It says in Acts 2 that uh, the church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, but in the very next phrase is they devoted themselves to prayer. Uh, so let's first just talk about what kind of what went into why of writing this book. Why did you write it? And what was kind of going in, going on in your life and in your ministry that prompted you to think about this topic? Yeah, actually, we were in the middle of going through a really difficult season, one of the more challenging seasons of our life in ministry, my wife and I. And uh, in the middle of that, I found the prayer life I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I'd known for years uh, that uh, I should be praying and I read books on prayer. I could quote great quotes on prayer, you know, but I didn't have much of a meaningful daily prayer life. And I certainly didn't feel like I was in any position to teach anybody else about uh, prayer. And so I, uh, but in the middle of that tough time, uh, it finally clicked. And Paul Miller's A Praying Life was really used by God to, to help us see some things that I'd, I'd never seen before. Lights came on, and uh, that put me on a journey of uh, where prayer just became a, a meaningful daily part of my life. And, uh, you know, why write a book on it? Well, I, forever, I just wanted people to that book. And uh, I talk about it in, in my book. I, I love it. And um, But I found that... Um, it seemed like God was doing a new thing and um, that uh, could complement his book and a lot of other great books that are out there um, that um, that really made a big difference. So, for instance, just starting to see uh, thousands of specific answers to prayer over the years, um, like that were yeses, um, was amazing to go from having such a terrible prayer life to see those kinds of things happen. And, of course, um, I've seen way more knows right to tens of thousands of those kind of thing so it's not like it always asks you always get what you want that kind of thing but just to, to go from that and to discover and to see it and it's just not it's not great prayers i don't have a great journal i don't have all this great but it's just a great god integrated into the life of of a child of god and then to be able to help other people at our church and so we did we've done this for years um and i thought man as people came to me groups and teams asking for uh, things that they could go through, a book or resources they could go through as a team or as a family. And I thought, okay, the 21 days, kind of a unique shared experience that they could walk through together and uh, and come out of there with some habits that hopefully could continue throughout their life. 
So the, the title of the book is 21 Days to Childlike Prayer. Why that title? Well, the 21 days is just kind of a, you know, I'm thinking about as a pastor, uh, the some of those people that are, are least likely to want to, to read a book, and certainly a book on prayer, um, but really would benefit from uh from having an integrated prayer life uh, in their lives. And so I just thought 21 days, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you can kind of do that for a little bit. And uh, we had found that really well, uh, worked well in our church uh, over the years. Uh, the childlike prayer is really the heart of the book. The thing that clicked for me for the longest time, I thought it was in order to have the prayer life Jesus wanted you to have, you needed to become super spiritual, like sophisticated spiritually. It's the varsity teams, the prayer warriors. And, um, and, when you look at Jesus' teaching on prayer and the Lord's Prayer, he says, no, you don't need to become more spiritual. You need to become more childlike. He points to the father-child relationship as the paradigm for his teaching on, on prayer. And the nature of a relationship determines the nature of the communication in that relationship. And so you can communicate to friends and to family and to strangers all in different ways, right? You don't want to mess those rules up. And he says the father-child relationship and so that was really just a, a game changer to me to where I thought, oh, it's not about, it's not about like being super, it's actually embracing a childlike identity. So those first two things, as a child, it's at a stage where you need help with things like your daily bread. And you have a father who can help you and everyone else talking to him about daily bread. And so there's obviously more in their prayer, but this is a really high view of God and a really low view of yourself. And those are the two things that have to happen, I think, really, to get your prayer life started. How many minutes a day do you pray? How many minutes a day do I pray? It depends on depends on the day. These days, more than than uh, most. I need a number. Uh, I'm going to say there's no way to know. Seven minutes and 67 seconds. No, I don't know. I pray nine minutes a day. <laughs> nine minutes. <laughs> nine minute abs. Six minute abs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's getting up. Yeah, who knows? Tell me though, I think it would be helpful at, at like maybe think of this pre the book and post the book. How did what did prayer life look like for you personally? I want to ask both personally for you and also in the church. What did it look like previous to the book, and now what did it look like after the book? B C A D. Yeah, well, um, I would say before the book it was sporadic, and it was uh, it wasn't very often. Um, you know, big moments and um, usually vague. I'd say after that and since then, I, I start the day um, in the Word and with a journal. And, and when you hear people, when anybody hears journal, they think things that are not what my journal is. Uh, I'm, I, if, if something happens to me, I hope no one finds my journals because it's just, it's all over the place. It's not neat. It's not orderly. Sure. It's just a, a, a brown little notebook. And I go through these things pretty quickly. In the back, I have kind of my things I'm praying every day or most days. One page for the church, one page for my family. And I've changed this up at different points, but that's kind of how it is. And then I just make my way slowly through that, um, you know, praying and thinking about all kinds of stuff. So I start the day that way. And sometimes I start in the Word. Sometimes I start in the journal. But usually I'm working through both and just talking to God. And the first week I talk about, you know, praying with specificity and um, and battling the vague prayer syndrome that we all, uh, I think, battle if we're, we're going to have the prayer life that we were meant to have. And in um, there, just talking about praying with specificity, the Bible passage you're reading and uh, your plans and praying your, your problems. And so 
I usually wake up with problems on my mind. And so I, I usually start there. And when I do all those on the go throughout the day prayers uh, that I talked about in the second week, like Nehemiah does, right? He The, the king asks him a question and he, he, he prays and he answers the king. Well, uh, that kind of thing, um, man, it's, I, don't, I, you don't, I don't write those down and I'm praying throughout the day. Um, and so it's such a big part of, of that. And, and, and obviously part of that is just trusting God with it, which is you know, the last thing that I do to, to do what's best with the request. But I'd say there's an on, on the go. I've got Evernote uh, cards that I use to, to capture certain things while I'm, I'm around, if I'm away from my, my journal. Um, and so it's, it's really uh, an integrated part of, of my life. What about in the life of the church? Uh, did y'all have y'all gone through this book, or did y'all probably go through it as you were writing it, the content of it? And then, has there been anything formally in the life of the church that's changed when it comes to prayer? Yeah, so we we uh, haven't arrived, but we've come a lot we're a lot further. I mean, I think the the in our worship space, uh, in our worship gatherings, we uh, prayer is not just a transition piece. Um, Carson, Carson rips that, and uh, have you ever read Crossing Christian Ministry? Yeah. He talks about, we, we use it as a time to change the stage, and he, he obviously has some strong feelings about that. Right, and that's fine <laughs> if you do that, because there are some you know certain practical things you need to consider there. But we want people, when they're praying, they're really praying. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've started doing, uh, at the end of the sermon, a guided prayer time in response to the Word. So usually it's, it's, it's somewhere between three and five different um, aspects of the sermon, aspects of the sermon, or just in light of an application thing, because we want people to pray their pray the Bible, mm-hmm. and so we want to model that in the gathering. It's a great time of reflection when it comes to the end. Uh, so, in terms of our weekly Sunday morning, you know, worship gatherings, those would be two key ways that we do it. Obviously, we teach on it uh, each year. We do that um, multiple ways, and uh, we love to do that kind of thing. We've given people prayer cards with the the four. Um, prayer principles, childlike prayer principles that I cover in, in week one, just to have it there for it's for your Bible, that kind of thing, just something to take with you. Cause I found that everybody gets off track, but to have that, you know, believe God can do anything, embrace your childlike identity, specify your request and trust God to do its best for your request really centers you quickly mm-hmm. for in your morning or wherever you are. So just have those phrases. We want them to be able to, to take it with them. Um, so that's kind of Sunday morning. Uh, just as a staff, um, you know, we Mondays are for meetings for us, and mm-hmm. we do one-on-ones on Mondays. We do our staff meeting on Monday, and prayer is a part of all of those things. And so, like in our one-on-ones, for instance, um, we forget to do it sometimes, but generally speaking, after we talk about the things we need to talk about, we pray about those things because mm-hmm. there's always problems that come up. There's always plans that come up, and so we want to we want to battle the pride that doesn't pray, yeah, and just live in the humility of of uh and the and in touch with the weakness of uh, a child that we really are walking in so uh it just integrating it into your it's not some super spiritual thing sometimes we give a little bit more time to it as a staff um but for the most part it's integrating it's i don't think the length of prayer is what makes the prayer special i think it's the god and uh, i think the more specific you get with the prayer the more opportunity you give god to, to show up in some pretty fun ways yeah, I mean, Jesus even kind of says that in Matthew 6, right before the Lord's Prayer, where he's, he's claiming the hypocrites. Um, you, you've mentioned the, like, the, obviously the, the understanding of the childlike nature of prayer. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that, as you were studying prayer, reading books on prayer, thinking about this book, 
it just were some surprising insights that started to to kind of jump off the page of the scriptures about prayer? Um, you know, I think that core things, and I've touched them a little bit, but uh, you know, the childlike uh, kind of motif is uh, that was yeah, like I understood understood that, but it didn't click really into that season. But just the whole that he's a father. So the high view of God, the type, it's a high view of his, his power. He's in heaven. Most people hear that and they hear comp, like he's distant, but it's competence. Yeah. He's the Psalm 115, three God who can do anything. So he's able to help you, but he's a father. So he's willing to help you. He's willing to do what's best for you. So just having that high view and realizing, oh, one of the big battles I need to battle every day is unbelief where I really don't think he can help me. Because if I really think he'll help me, then I'll, have, then I'll ask. Yeah. We call the cable company, and we're pretty sure they're not going to be helpful, right? But we have to go there because we know that's the place you're going to. And so our prayerlessness reveals uh, things about God we would never say with our mouth, right? And so I'd say your your view of God determines your, your practice of prayer, and your practice of prayer reveals your view of God. And so... There's that high view, low view that, that I didn't see coming. It's like, oh, okay, that's what it is. Even though I can have the perfect confession and all the different things that go with it. The second thing is that second one about embracing your childlike identity. You know, for the longest time, I, I thought you had to be really strong and really great. And instead, you know, Jesus is saying, no, I actually need you to get in touch with how weak you really are. You need to embrace that childlike identity. And that's a shot to the pride. It would have been a shot to the pride then. Um, and Jesus is intentional with that because pride doesn't pray. I think it would be way more productive just to get into the work of the day than rather than stop the and ask the Almighty God to help them with their problems and plans. And so that, you know, you, pride can be so elusive. Everybody feels like they struggle with it. But I would say nothing shows the, the level of pride's grip on your heart or lack thereof than your prayer life. Uh, so that's a key thing. I think that getting specific is the feedback that I've heard from people. That's one of those key things that if the first two, you know, are all about getting your prayer life started. Yep. The last two things are the four principles are about continuing it. And when you get specific, you give the invisible God an opportunity to become visible in your life. What I mean by that is, I mean, I pray specifically for big things and for small things. Like for a guy to give us land, our church, you know, millions of dollars of land, and God did that nine months later. It would have been a great day anyways. But having prayed that persistently for so long, it was even, it was just, you, you almost don't even care about the answer. It's just like you, you just have a sense of God's presence here, which I think is what you touched on. One of the key things in prayer, Jesus tells them, you're not informing him. He already knows what you want, right? So prayer is not about informing an uninformed God. It's about in, engaging unengaged heart with his presence uh, in your daily living. And when he's in the room, everything changes because determined the, the person determines the possibility. So uh, I think getting specific and writing it down, battling what I call the vague prayer syndrome, okay? And what I mean by that, because some people are like, wait a minute, can't say, you know, God bless us or be with us. It's I got, fine. I've got, I got an unspoken. I got, unspoken. <laughs> I got three unspoken. I actually talked about the vague prayer syndrome, then I got out to eat my kids. I, I was like, Lord, be with us or bless us food. And I'm like, Dad, vague prayer syndrome. Um, <laughs> it's great, but you just know it's, he's going to bless you. He's promised to. He he knows he's going to be with us, right? He's promised to do that. No one gets excited and it's like, you'll never believe what happened. We asked God to bless our food and he did it. No one gets fired up about that. It's a perfectly great prayer to pray. What I'm saying is get specific on some things. And then you start to see God, like what you like to see him do by when. And when you do that, 
it's amazing uh, how many times God will do certain things. And when you do share them, it does foster in us that childlike faith, that childlike wonder, which is the starting point of prayer and just kind of builds on it. And then trusting God to do his best for your request. You're going to get no most of the time. Or, and silence is no. But you've got to not just talk to God and, and pray. You've got, to, you've got to talk back to yourself. Uh, or you're, you're going to think this thing doesn't work. And God says, no, nah, listen, even Jesus got three no's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it wasn't clear till after the resurrection how that was the best thing ever. So I think that there's a lot of our no's that won't make sense till after our resurrection in Christ. Um, but just trusting God to do what's best and telling yourself, I don't know what's best for me. But my father always, my father does. And when we believe that, we can thank him before we know the answer. And that's how you walk in peace in the midst of chaotic times, because, you know, it doesn't come from, peace doesn't come from understanding, it comes from trusting. And um, so, yeah, so those those would be a, those, those core things. I think one of the things that I really did not see coming when I hopped into the book, I knew you need some practices to integrate things or it won't stick, which is what the second week about. But that third week of learning, God is really trying to use our prayer lives to help us focus on the main things that we need to give our lives to if we want our lives to matter for eternity like they should, right? That there's so many of these, the identity of the childlike identity has built in identities that we should be focused on about that we're a worshiper every day, that we're a servant, right? That we, we're managing God's money and possessions. We're, we're handling relationships. We're soldiers in a battle. We're part of a family, stuff that, that like every, when you think about that, it helps you avoid uh, being MIA, on a major thing Jesus is calling you to uh, in your daily life. So he doesn't just want to change. The prayer life helps change your perspective on how you should prioritize the day. As you've gone through this, I'm sure you've had people ask, but what, what or, or even come to you with some of these issues, but what are some of the most common reasons people struggle to pray, and how do you encourage them through those, those things? I mean, you've already hit on some of that with specificity and other things, but maybe just speak to that a little bit. I, I, yeah, I'd say the two, the, those first two things are the biggest thing. It's just recognizing I've got a low view of God and a high view of myself. Jesus uses the beginning part of his of his prayer to reverse it and give us a high view of God and a low view of ourselves. Um, so just recognize that that is the reason why you're not asking. If you thought you could ask God, let's just say, hey, I need this thing. If I could just ask God, then this would happen. Uh, you would do it. It's just you got to battle that unbelief. You got to battle that pride, right? So I'll say those are two key things. I think getting specific, like I touched on, I mean, it's such a huge thing. And I found for adults, it's a lot harder to get specific than it is for kids. Like it takes more more time uh, to get specific. Like it, kids are so much better at coming up with a Christmas list uh, than adults are. Like you know, you can think, well, I'll buy it if I want. You know, I don't. You know, and. Um, I found that for people, when you say, like, what would you want to see God do uh, for you at your work or, uh, you know, in in your family? Sometimes it takes them a little bit of time just to do it. And in the process for them to think, is it okay to to ask um, for non-spiritual things? That probably as much as anything I've heard from people or it's like, yes. Like, what kind of father would be, what what kind of father pastor would I be? If I told my kids, listen, I'll talk to you about your Bible reading. I'll talk to you about your giving. I'll talk to you about evangelism and anything you want to do with church. But I don't want to hear anything about the stuff you like to do for fun. I don't want to talk to you about any of those other things, right? And 
like God loves us way more than that. And so uh, I think that's our view of God. When I think about, you know, a, a, a higher view of him, it's a higher view of his love and that he actually welcomes us in and all of our mess and come to him. Like Paul Miller talks about this. Mm-hmm. Just, just bring that messiness to the Lord. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Right. There's a, there's not, you don't have your stuff together. Most of the time when you're reading scriptures, they, people are crying out. They're praying those problems. They don't have it together, a well-formulated prayer. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with well-formulated prayers, but he, he wants to meet you where you are. And I think a lot of people find that hard to, uh, to believe. Good. Uh, encouragements for pastors on how to incorporate prayer more into the life of their church, or even how they might take a book like this and use it. Yeah, I, I I would encourage you. I mean, some of the things we're doing, um, you know, we, we also do prayer, night of prayer and worship. We integrate those things um, to where we'll, we'll sing and then we'll have prayer, you know. And, and so just making nights and making those different than the other the other worship uh, gatherings that they have. Um, but integrating it through their meetings and having prayer teams and multiplying those things and celebrating and becoming a part of I think a big part of it is that them actually living this out. Uh, most of this stuff is more caught than taught. It, it, it'll come out in your sermons if you're actually living it out, and it won't if you're not. Mm. And so uh, God doesn't want to just answer specific answers to prayer uh, from certain pastors or certain Christians. Uh, there's nothing special uh, uh, about about me or anybody. It, it's, it's, it's him. He's the special one. And so uh, it doesn't take great prayers or great people to see great things happen. Just a great God. And so I just say live it out. Write it down and fight that battle, daily battle. Uh, when it comes to the book, there's a lot of different ways. It's 21 days. Right now, I'm taking a group, one group through it, where uh, in our church, where we're just doing a week a month. So it's just a, a slower pace for that crew. Uh, there's others that are going through it, you know. Uh, 21 yeah, days. 21 days consecutively. But uh, this crew, we're, we're going through it, and, and we're going to get together, and they want to go a little bit slower. And, and so you can do it a lot of different ways, but I'd say you can do it as a church. Um, you can do it uh, as a staff. Uh, I, last night I talked, I was on the phone uh, talking with a, a team down in Texas, uh, a pastor and his personnel committee, and they're all going through it, and they're, and they're trying to hire a, a worship pastor, and, they, and they've been working through this uh, together. Um, small groups, there's work teams, you know, depending on your work environment. Families has been one of the funnest things uh, to see. It's just families that are coming up with a top 10 prayer list and going through it. I mentioned a few of them in the book. So there's just a lot of different things, couples, friends. Um, it's so much more fun to do, to go through it together. Uh, that as you, as you come up with a list, as a church, we have a top 10 prayer list. And when we go through these things and what we do is we say, Hey, as a church, let's all pray these two things. You come up with your own eight, but just pray these two mm. with us. And uh, it's been a, been a fun time. That's great. So the book again, 21 days to childlike prayer, definitely check it out. Any final encouragements, thoughts, comments on the book? Listen, there's a, a lot of uh, uh, great books out there, um, but I do think, uh, and I love to invite people to, to hop into it and um, to, to yell at me, jedcoppinger.com or uh, uh, jed at redemptioncity.com. Uh, I love helping people pray. I love helping people see that God 
lets us show up in their problems and plans. It's big Paul Miller even endorsed the book. Yeah. The, the legend himself. The legend himself. And Danny Aiken. A little, little shaky there. Yeah, he's a yeah, fantastic guy. His sons are a little questionable. Yeah, very, very questionable. So we'll definitely uh, check out the book. I've, I've started to thumb through it as well. It's very, very helpful. Jed, thanks for, for giving work to that. And uh, certainly hope it, it'll be a benefit to a lot of a lot of churches. Thanks for time being on the podcast. Well. Yeah, thanks, Nate. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.